Shalom, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Healing for the Nations with a modern-day Samaritan woman. We are on a journey to the heart of the Father. And on that journey, we are walking alongside of fellow sojourners who are also on their way to the Father's heart. And I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but I know that I need help with getting the spots and the wrinkles out of our wedding attire because the destination that we are all on is to be the bride and to be ready for the bridegroom. And we take a look around our world and we see evidence that it's getting closer and closer to that time when the father will send the bridegroom for his bride. And the word tells us that the bride makes herself ready and there are spots and wrinkles on our wedding attire. I know I've got spots and wrinkles on the back of my wedding dress and I need truth tellers that will come alongside of me and tell me the truth in love. So today I have the honor of bringing a special guest and we're going to be bringing to you a special topic. So, Stacy, welcome. I'm so excited you're joining me today. Thank you. I'm so excited as well. And I truly appreciate your introduction um, about wanting people to come walk alongside us. That's definitely who you've been in my life. So I just really appreciate hearing that. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And that's what it's all about is community. It's about relationship, safe relationship. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Keyword. Yes, yes. (laughs) So I know that you and I have experienced some very unsafe communities and unsafe folks in our lives. Stacey, could you tell the listener a little bit about yourself? I sure can. Thank you. I am currently in Northeast Tennessee. I am... In my mid-40s, not going to say exactly how old, but in my (laughs) mid-40s, so still have a very, very young heart and kicking. I am formerly a displaced homemaker and in the process of starting getting back up on my feet, starting agriculture consulting business where I help new landowners start their farms. Um, People are trying to get back to raising their own food and their own animals, and I've been doing it for over 20 years in different avenues. Just really excited to finally get to this point where I can do this for people as well as help myself. That's the biggest thing and kind of part of segueing into our topic today and uh, some of the problems and issues going on, but then also I have a great story, you know, or I have a great testimony now. There's life on the other side. Amen. Amen. What are the scriptures? Because I, I love to keep this biblically based. The Father tells us in his word to come to him, to come to Yeshua, all who are weary and heavy mm-hmm. laden, and he will give us rest. Amen. For, for way too many of us, we are heavy laden. We are weary of fighting to be heard. I know the women, so many women are fighting to be heard. So many women have lost their voices. And I know one of those voices that were silenced way too early was my grandmother, Julia. And just a little bit, uh, my grandmother died at 38 years old of alcoholism. And she came from a well-educated family. And clearly something happened to Grandma Julia at a very young age to drive her to live a lifestyle of promiscuity and alcoholism. Mm. And I ended up taking after my grandmother. I hate to say that, but um, there's way too many of us who were 
were beaten and abused and molested as little girls. And that set us up for a life of unwise, unhealthy choices. And many of the women are actually daughters of Israel. Yes. Um, there's way too many of us. I've heard stories. And Stacy, I know that you've heard mm. these stories, too, of women who we have a common childhood. The yes, childhood trauma that has set us up to, um, unfortunately, you know, marry other people who also, also. have had, yes. it's, a we, it's a we program. But today we are, we're focusing on the status of the daughters of Israel, the displaced homemakers. So many have been abused by the husbands. And I know that the father's on the move. He's really trying to heal both his daughters and his sons. But the reason why we're coming to the airwaves today is our hearts are burdened. We want to come alongside of the spiritual widows or even uh, widows who have lost their husbands through death, but there's way too many women that have lost their husbands through divorce, or you and I both have been put out of our homes by husbands who refuse to do their own Mm. healing work. Mm. Yeah. And we had children. We both had children that we had to protect Because we don't want our children exposed to learning these ways of being abusive. Yes, yes. And, I, you know, I I hate that this was actually my story, um, but unfortunately it was. And um, much like yours, it's it's not something that you would have chosen for yourself, of course, but then it happened to you. And so it's it's getting to the point in life where we can say, okay, I I can't take it back, but how can I change the story? How can I change the course of the story to make it better? Who can I partner with that's actually, that does have goodwill towards me to help get me back up on my feet and um, actually walking in the calling that the Father has for each one of us individually, even though we had gotten off off track in different ways. And so I'm excited about the topic today. I'm excited to present the problem that's actually going on with the Daughters of Israel, because we know, you and I both know, and I believe that um, all of us out there know that our father, our creator does not want for his sons or his daughters to experience these horrible, tragic things that we've had to survive in our childhood or even our young adulthood. And sometimes even our adulthood, it carries on into that. And so um, while we cannot solve every problem, we can do what we can do. And so this is in our topic today. Absolutely. And it is all about providing safe places for people to come and to heal from their trauma. Yes. And I know for a fact that the Father is calling people to do retreats, but retreats are for a weekend, retreats are for a few days, and then what? And then where do the women go? And so it's been on my heart for many, many years to um, to have a safe home for women and I've always wanted to do a home named after my grandmother in her honor and so I know you and I were um, talking about this very thing before I left Tennessee a few days ago and I was talking to the father about the possibility of actually acquiring mm. Um, acquiring a home for women and I asked the father what he would have me call it 
and it was it came to me julia's well mm, yes i think about the woman at the well and and the woman at the well was despised and she was society's castaway yes. and many of us become stigmatized ostracized yes. Um, yes we become the woman at the well yes and we are blamed there's a lot of blame shifting that goes on in and um, some of these marriages. And like I said, we're in this together. Yes. And we we're supposed got, to be. <laughs> yeah, we are supposed to be. Yes. So we're supposed to be coming alongside of women. I mean, yes. are we not commanded to provide for the widows and the orphans? And, yes. And a lot of people say, oh, well, your husband didn't die. Your husband's still alive. Well, you know what? He may be physically alive, but he has failed in so many different regards. And what, you know, what is a wife to do when the husband puts her and the child out of the home? Right, right. I mean, I know what I had to do, um, you know, and it wasn't pretty and it wasn't easy. And um, and it is happening all too often, um, just from the physical abuse or emotional abuse or spiritual abuse. Um, those things are actually happening um, all over the place, and especially, uh, unfortunately, in the church. Um, sometimes they're, as you said before, just widowed. Um, I have a friend that uh, her husband literally passed just out of the blue, and she was too young to actually receive um, his pension. And in the middle of grieving and mourning, um, she lost her home. She had been a stay-at-home wife um, the entirety of their long, wonderful marriage, um, but then had to go start working at Crackle Barrel for $12 an hour to try to make make ends meet while grieving her husband and trying to figure out how to settle things and then ended up losing her home and living, you know, she's bouncing from place to place to place. And these things, you know, they're, they're just not usually in the, in the script that, that, uh, we typically take on when we say I do and we marry a partner and, you know, and these things happen um, for the women there. Sometimes there are women that are just dumped for no reason. And, you know, regardless, we're supposed to be Jesus. We're supposed to be Yeshua to them and come alongside and help um, the relationships that are broken from the childhood trauma, as you had said, different things like usually that childhood trauma is playing out in adulthood and it could cause a person to go into adultery or alcoholism, drug use, uh, the pornography. Sometimes it's just laziness, you know, or depression just can't get up and get going. And then um, unfortunately and sadly, then there's the religious control. These, uh, you know, we're in a spiritual battle and so we have an extra measure of warfare um, other than just our own humanness, and and it's it's difficult. So there is a great need, and um, I'm glad that you're bringing this today to talk about the need. Well, I know that um, you know you and I've had some deep discussions in the past. You know, we all have a story. We all have a past. Yes. You know, some of us are. Some of us have a more colored past than others. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. We had the whole rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, indeed. Mm. Yes, indeed. Thankfully, yes. it doesn't define us for the future and for the tomorrows. So, <laughs> you know, the Father uses all that stuff. Yes, absolutely. To, to come alongside of other people, and and to help them, and and uh, I know for me, I have no room to judge another human being because right. you know, I've, I've been in some pretty deep, dark snake pits myself. 
Yeah, I understand. Mm -hmm. And then the, you know, those that are, um, what I've recently come to see that trying, trying to understand who we are in the kingdom and really what, uh, what our father has for us here on this earth and, and part of it is like the mindset that some of us get into. And in my case, I was a stay at home mom and, and I stayed at home by agreement. Um, my husband worked, um, I homeschooled our children. I gave up my career to stay home, um, by choice. It, it wasn't a forced thing. It was by choice, you know, but then things broke in life that the things that were unhealed, they, they erupted, you know, the, the father uses marriage to purify you. And so when we each turn different ways rather than toward each other, then it's, a, it's a major eruption that causes a break. And so, you know, in my particular situation, it was a break to where then I was, um, I had to remove myself from the home to a different location close to home just to stop the um, the amount of violence that was going on. But then in a, a, another moment, he came home and then kicked me out and we were never able to restore and I wanted to restore. This story happens so often. Um, now, all of a sudden, the women and the children are homeless, bouncing around from place to place and truly in need of help. And it is something that happens so, so often I have numerous accounts of different people that I know personally that these things have happened to. It's just not supposed to be there in the body of Messiah. So what are we to do in the midst of it? Exactly. What are we to do as a community, as a body of Messiah? We are commanded. Once again, we are commanded to take care of the uh, you know, the widows and the orphans. Yeah. And amen. I know for me, um, you know, I had it good. I, I went from a, you know, being married to a man who was a professional and made good money to being in a woman's shelter mm. and on welfare. Mm. Yep. And I lost everything. Everything. I, I lost everything. And I had been so traumatized. That even yes. though I had a degree and uh, credentialing as a substance abuse counselor, I was the one that needed help. There, yes, you know, right. I was in no shape to uh, go back into the world of you know counseling counseling people with substance abuse with a history of trauma. Yep. I was the one that ended up in in therapy, and it took me a long time. I was so shattered that I. I didn't think I was ever going to be okay. Yes. And the trauma can have long-lasting impact. I mean, it really takes a toll on a person's health. Yes. Emotional health, mental health. Um, a lot of people, I know women who have left the tour, the tour community yes. because of the amount of spiritual abuse that she has received, not just at the hand of her spouse, but at the hand of other people in the mm. tour community, yes. one of my pet peeves, Stacey, and you know this about me, is the refusal to get educated, the refusal to even be open-minded about people having trauma and needing therapy yes. or utilizing what people would call secular resources in yes. order to understand domestic abuse. 
Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I'm really glad that you brought that up. I was, uh, it's a very personal journey for myself as well. Um, I did not know actually that I had the childhood trauma that I did because I had no memory of it. And so in the midst of my extremely explosive um, marriage, it was at play. It Unfortunately, it was at play in myself and as, as well in my spouse. And then um, part of what made it so volatile was those trauma triggers that were still present that I had no knowledge of. And so over the last, uh, the last two years of our uh, separation and then eventual, um, unfortunately, divorce, um, I had gotten extremely educated on this to come to for self-awareness first of all self-awareness to heal myself that's it no one's going to be responsible to heal our lives except for us we have to take that choice but then also taking the choice to get educated on it to come to understand it and not only for myself but for others but it is important that those internal processes for trauma triggers and I had two major ins I had two major accidents as well as my childhood stuff so I had multiple things that were going on that um, I had never been educated about. And so it's extremely important to become educated about it as well as our pastors and our congregations, because while this was happening and my marriage was blowing apart, it was literally all of this unhealed trauma that was active in the background that I didn't know it. And the weight that was placed on, on me was, you know, well, you need to work harder, you know, you need to um, do this, do that, do all these things. I had a great weight that was placed on me to try to be perfect in the relationship um, in order to take away the excuses for the reason that my spouse was acting. And that was extremely unfair because really what was going on in my life is I had all these major trauma triggers that were very, very active that I had no knowledge of. And I'm trying to practice this, um, these spiritual principles, loving my father, you know, keeping the scriptures, trying to be the best biblical wife I can and homeschool my child. And I've got all this trauma stuff going on that I didn't know. And so that once we finally, uh, once I finally got to a safe place where I could start processing this, um, it was, it was literally what saved my life. Um, having a safe place to go to, having a quiet place to go to, having a place that nobody knew about where I could just heal. And that healing was a journey that I had, no one could tell me what that journey was going to look like. Now I know, and there's so much that is necessary to truly be healed from the end inside out. And I'm getting there. I'm excited to say that I am getting there, but it took having a safe place to be away from the trauma bonds. And then as well as support, financial support, because I definitely did not have that from uh, my spouse. I was completely cut off from that. And I had body members that came along and helped support me over an eight month period financially, specifically, so I could dive into focus on healing. And it is producing lasting fruit godly fruit, kingdom fruit, and it will continue to produce that fruit. Amen. Amen. That is so good. That's a really important point that you brought out is the triggers that you were carrying. And unfortunately, how this mm. works. So I like to point out that trauma began in the, in the garden. Okay. And we live in a very traumatizing world. And we all... I believe, and I may be, I may be wrong, but I believe that we all have some sort of trauma that we are carrying and we bring yes. that, we bring that into our marriage and then our marriages begin to be mm. a battleground Yes, because we're triggering one another. And this is the reason why it's so very important for both the husband and the wife 
to seek out their own healing, their yes. own journey of becoming all that the Father created them to be. And this is definitely the enemies, I believe, one of the enemies leading weapons against yes. us. Yes. So we have to go on break, but when we come back, we are going to talk about the elephant in the room. All right. So, yes. Yeah, so good. We will be right back. Shalom. Shalom. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second half of Healing for the Nations with a modern-day Samaritan woman. Before break, I was chit-chatting with one of my friends, Stacy, and we were talking about all sorts of things that are going on with the daughters of Israel. We were talking about the plight of displaced homemakers, women who've been put out of their homes because of various kinds of domestic abuse, whether that be physical, emotional, spiritual abuse. There's various types of what people misconstrue what domestic abuse or domestic violence is. It's not a black eye and a broken arm. There is many forms of domestic abuse, and it can come from a man or it can come from a woman. So a lot of marriages have become a battleground. And if there's children in the homes, they are being affected and they are learning how to be abusive or how to be a victim. So, so Stacy, welcome back. Thank you. So we're going to plow ahead and we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. Wow. Yeah, the elephant in the room. (laughs) The elephant that's in the Torah congregations. Yes. Sadly, yes, um, there is, um, sadly, you know, we, we had hoped to have the, the most pure walk as possible, right? When we, the Ephesians says to imitate Christ, that's what we we're all after. And so we come into this journey of Torah and go back to the Sabbath and the feast and the commandments and, um, and love it, absolutely love it. But somehow religious spirits get in and start affecting us in different ways. We know we're in a spiritual battle. And so one of the largest ways that I have seen and experienced and heard multiple testimonies, as well as yourself, is through the silent silencing of the wives and that is coming in different ways and the silencing and the the forced submission or hanging on to just one scripture in Ephesians that says that she's supposed to submit to her husband um, while not actually giving the same balance and weight to the other scriptures where it's a mutual submission first and he is supposed to love her and die as Christ did for the church. But we're hanging on this one that women are not supposed to speak if they are saying something contrary to what their husband is saying, then all of a sudden they are out of submission or they are in rebellion. Rebellion, which is likened to witchcraft. And so these are all the different ways that the women are being silenced while the head of home is actually ruling the home by sin. And we had spoken about some of those earlier with the broken relationships, either from um, adultery, alcoholism, pornography, sometimes it's laziness, um, religious control, and then the breaking of the relationship because there's unhealed childhood trauma.
trauma. And these are actually what are blowing up the relationships and truly binding the people of God, the people of Yahweh. And the daughters of Israel are the ones that seem to be carrying the most weight. The largest weight is put on them to to be perfect in the home. Make sure you are home at a certain time. Make sure you have the house clean and the food on the table and the, you know, you wear your cutest dress when he comes home and you're at the door waiting for him, you know, so that way to take away any excuses that the man might have to not be perfect or to um, to maintain his sinful behaviors, which are actually ruling the home. And of course, this is a ploy of the adversary, I believe, for the next generation to try to break the relationship so the next generation is broken and it just continues the legacy that we have all grown up in. And I've grown up in a, a broken home. Um, it was a secular home. And I know that a lot of us have, but now we are coming back. We're trying to get back into covenant with him. And this is a major problem that is the elephant in the room. Amen. Yes. I've, I've heard many horror stories from a lot of uh, Torah observant women. And I know that you have also. Yes. A lot of times we hear, oh, we have to love them where where they're at. Yes, we do have to love them where they're at. The Father loves us where we're at, absolutely, but he loves us too much to leave us where we are, where, where we, we are. are. We are operating out of triggers and we're harming people. We're operating out of trauma responses, the fight, the flight, the freeze, the fawn. Very good. We talk about preparing the wedding attire, getting rid of the spots and the wrinkles. In our wedding attire to prepare for the bridegroom, these are the spots and the wrinkles on our wedding dress. And I am so very grateful that there is a movement within the Torah community of the Father raising up retreats for people to come and to heal. So the scriptures are being used out of context. Absolutely. Yes. And there are people that the Father has raised up that are actually writing and, and teaching and preaching about biblical roles of women and how we are mm. designed to function. And when we learn the roles and the function of women, it is a game changer. So the daughters of Israel... Let's get back on, on track here. The daughters of Israel were left with no good choices. So yes. we either continue to die in our homes in the name of submission or, yes. or we lose yeah. everything and go into shelters or go in on the streets. Yes. Yeah. And part of what um, the, the common thought is, well, he provided you a home and it's your choice if you don't want to stay there. And so regardless of the condition of the home that the man provides, that's the choice we are left with. We either stay in this home that's being ruled by sin and partnership with the adversary and it just wreaks havoc on everything or we step out and we and we do lose everything and somehow the man ends up still in control of the money and in control of the finances where the women and children are now homeless um, bouncing around from place to place if the children go with it with the woman sometimes the children are actually taken by the man or an attempt to be taken by the man and then the woman gets it's replaced by another woman. And, and the thought is just, well, you didn't want to live in the life that I provided for you. And, and that is such a lie from the pit of hell. It is such a lie from the pit of hell. And it is being used over and over with our daughters, with the daughters of Israel in our homes. 
And then so these women that will offer their lives come into agreement when they partner with a man and a biblical man, someone that's walking the scriptures that we choose or believe that are walking the scriptures. And and you know, as well as I do, people don't start out bad, but they tendencies come up in these things during our purification process during marriage, they start to come out. And then of course, in the adversary, anytime he can get in there to steal, kill and destroy, if we are not diligently watching, then that's what happens. And so as we as the women have chosen to stay home, lay down our careers, homeschool our children, take care of the home. Now, all of a sudden, this break happens and we're left with these choices to either stay and die in our home as bird in a cage or lose everything beyond the streets than to have to put our children into public schools after diligently guarding them just so we can go and make 12 bucks an hour and, and not even afford rent or to take care of our children or provide for them. And that's that's the unfairness that's actually happened. And it's not just happening to the daughters. We have to remember that, that it is affecting the children. Now these children are split and, and they are not receiving the inheritance that the father would have them receive of a whole family in pureness. And so the Lord's going to do it one way, one way or another. That's what he promises. But it just causes so much more um, time, trauma, um, pain, confusion, uh, more room that the adversary has been allowed to come in and, and grow here on this earth. And then, of course, the name the name and the reputation, the image, we're supposed to be image bearers of Christ. And when these things are happening, we are not at all. And so what name are we presenting when we walk out there in the world and um, and the people that don't know God see these things happening? That's no good testimony at all. It's not, it's not good fruit, but it is happening. And this is why we actually get to discuss this today. So I'm very, very grateful for it. You know, part of my story, I lost everything. Yes, ma'am. I lost everything. I even lost my dog. I mean, it sounds mm. like a country song, but <laughs> I know, right? But it, and and so you know, I'm in the season of my life where you know the prospect of going out there and having a career that's over. Yes, you know. Yes. So and and I've had a lot of conversations with women in my situation, and a lot of women are in dire, dire situations some are mm-hmm. yes absolutely they're yes. homeless Bouncing. and absolutely yeah they're going from home to home because they don't have any money yes and they're not receiving alimony or you know sometimes can't even afford counsel in order to be able to get those things just to be able to provide for themselves exactly yes exactly and so i'm thankful laura lee that um i mean i'm not thankful for your story and my story but we know that beauty comes from ashes and that's what the father is doing in our lives and so we have this opportunity today to actually address the need for the housing I love the fact that you offer um, offer counseling and, and these things for people to, to become more self-aware, to start taking control of their own life on your show. And I'm thankful that you made this opportunity um, available today to discuss the need for housing for these women. You have your situation. You just spoke. I was in a similar situation. Um, I was living in a home where the head of my home was high every night or in drunkenness every night. And... Um, 
I definitely don't want to be bring dishonor to the name of my previous spouse, but it was it was the truth in our home. And we dealt for years with congregational leaders trying to help address this. And the weight was more put on me, you know, do this, do that, do this, do that, take away all the excuses. So that way, you know, he will heal. And unfortunately, in addiction, it just doesn't happen that way, which, no. you know, you're, you're very well aware of. And I'm so thankful that you educate people. Um, we, I, there's another sister that I know that is near and dear, and her husband died four years ago. She's in her mid fifties and she had been um, a home wife by agreement the entire time. They had a very good loving marriage, but when he up and passed unexpectedly, now she's got to go figure out how to get a job. She's grieving her husband, the loss of her best friend. She's not old enough to receive his, uh, his retirement yet. And so now she is uneducated because she's been at home for 25 years in this wonderful marriage. She's having to go out and try to find a a job without education. So that's between the 10 and the $12 range. She works at a restaurant just to be able to make money as well as grieving her husband. In the process, she lost her home. She lost her vehicles because she could not, she did not have access to the retirement that they had both worked towards. And she is literally a daughter of Israel. So the congregation came together. They helped her for about a year, but then, you know, then the, the help there's, this needs are so great. Um, the churches can only help for so long, basically. And I, I don't know how to fix that problem. I just know that, that this is the situation. Uh, there's another mama that I know that had five and her husband was physically abusive. He was angry. He leaned on the scriptures of you need to submit and he justified that by hitting her. And this poor woman had gotten so toxic um, just in her, her thought process and the way the scriptures are used to manipulate us and our love for the Almighty. It's our, it's our love for the scriptures and our love for the Almighty that cause us to stay in the scriptures. We don't want to disappoint daddy. And yet these situations are going on in, in this girl's where her husband was physically abusive to her. And she she tried to get away a couple of different times. And then different well-meaning believers would come next to her and say, well, just keep working on it. Just give him time. Keep praying and Yahweh will change him. You know, so these are well-meaning things all the while, while this woman is sinking and sinking and sinking and her children are being bounced around, five children being bounced around and having to experience this trauma. Um, I have another sister that had married her best friend and within a few years, alcohol now ruled the home. Um, and she got to the point where she just, she realized that she could not stay in that situation. So what was her only option was to leave because he wouldn't get help. He chose to not get help. So now she's having to choose to get out of that toxic situation just to still be healthy, maintain her health and her mental um, clarity insanity and now she doesn't have a home so this is the story over and over and over and over and over yes and children are watching and the children are learning how to be men of god and women of god and yes. it is not a healthy role model so stacy you and i have discussed the need for for housing for yes for women and we were discussing the possibility of transitional housing for yes. uh, housing one to two years and the, the, the flow, the process that women have got to go through in order to heal and to, you know, tap into some of the resources out there 
It takes yes. time to apply for resources, find resources. There's different stages of, of healing. Could you, yes. let, let's, let's talk a little bit about yes. that process. You know, the father was so wonderful for me in my situation and that um, at the beginning when, when I got kicked out, I had to go to an abandoned house. It was just, it was nasty. And um, my friend came along my side and gave me a little bit of money. We cleaned it up. I had a few different people come in and help me just clean it up. It's just a place to land basically because I couldn't go back to, to where um, I was in. And um, we cleaned it up and I it was just a place literally just to sleep and to be in a safe place. It was my only option. And But then the Lord, over after a period of months, the father opened up a home with a couple that had just passed and that woman had wanted the home to be used for ministry. And so I met the daughter and she allowed me to move in and it was just supposed to be temporary, but temporary was way better than the other options that I was looking at. And what it provided for me in the temporary setting was that it gave me a safe, clean place. First of all, to be able to grieve what had just happened to me, the loss of my life, the loss of my future, the loss of all the promises that I had tried to walk in faithfully in through my marriage. It allowed me a clean place to be with my child. So that way he wasn't bouncing around from couch to couch to couch, you know, or the two of us together. And so this was, um, I had three major things that just saved me during my transition, and this was one of them. Um, it was clearly the largest blessing for me because of what it provided. The stages after we go through something like this, for usually the first six months is sheer shock shock and grieving, not knowing what's going on. And then if you've been in a, a traumatic situation, just the process of allowing your brain to start processing some of the toxins and getting it out and the toxic thoughts so you can even make good decisions for yourself. The next six months is usually about recognizing areas that need healing and then changing, finding the resources and applying the resources. This takes time and it is a journey. And so having a safe, comfortable place where women can engage in, in that journey journey will actually change their outcome. We had talked about the one to two year transitional setting because just a few months, a few months is great and it's needed. Um, it's absolutely needed. But what we're looking for specifically is housing that actually provides a longer term so we can make a difference in somebody's life. Usually by the beginning of the second year, if there's a separation, then progression should be made in the restoration of that marriage by that time. If the divorce is the only option, the divorce might be final by that time, but it also might not be. It depends on the situation. And so having a stable place to be during that process is critical for the health of the woman or the man if he's in that situation, but typically the woman and the children when they get done with this process. And then usually by the, the end of the second year, we can get up on our feet. We have to learn how to recover ourselves, but that whole first year we need help. It is so devastating, the loss of all the hopes and the dreams and the promises and everything that we had been working working towards, it's so devastating that we can end up going back into drugs and alcohol or sex, the things that were our coping mechanisms before. But if we want to do it right and truly change the outcome of the next generation in that woman's life, this is the program that we've come to see that actually makes a difference long term. And then by the end of that second year, they're getting their confidence back. Um, they, they're getting some training to where they can actually start uh, making a living and living and taking care of themselves. 
So what are we asking for? What are some of the things that, that you have seen, Laura Lee, would be beneficial? And I'd love to share what, you know, my thoughts as well. So what we're asking for is housing, any size, with or without land. Yes. We are asking uh, for free or drastically reduced rent. Ideally, pet friendly, I had to leave my dog behind. And there's a lot of women that, that will actually stay in these unsafe relationships, these toxic, violent yes. relationships, because of their pet, their beloved yes. pet. And so there are shelters, secular domestic shelters, that are providing networking with area and pet boarding in order for women to have a place to, a safe place to take their dogs to so that they can leave. Yes. So yes. we are hoping and we're praying for two locations to start Julia's Well, which would be in uh, Northeast Tennessee, or Florida, um, yes. also Texas. Yes, South Central yeah. Texas. We have managers in those areas right now um, that can that can offer management of the home. And we do also have some, some not-for-profits that we work for as well that can help in that. Well, we are asking for donations because we know that there are people out there that are walking in the kingdom as kingdom citizens that do have the financial means. So if that's you, if you're listening to this show, we are asking that you would consider providing donations, providing means for the widows, for the orphans, as we are commanded in the scriptures to, yes. to provide for those that are being oppressed, those that are being displaced. Yes. And... And we also have, um, we are also a network hub um, with multiple resources for healing. You and I have both, both gone through um, several years of actual internal, internal healing. And um, so we can offer that information to anyone that yes. wants it. Um, a, few, a few of our favorites are Harvest Home in Missouri, Bear Creek Ranch, Georgia, Being Health in Georgia, uh, React out of Canada, Wellspring Ministries of Alaska, um, Adult Children of Alcoholics, Al-Anon, um, there, there, there's Tim Fletcher with Complex Trauma in Canada. Um, the Body Keeps the Score that deals with trauma and memory. Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's a wonderful believer that helps educate on the mental processes in the brain to how to get uh, clear thoughts again so we can go out and recapture our lives. <laughs> Um, there's therapy in a nutshell, Proverbs 31 ministry with Lisa Turker. She is doing an excellent series right now called therapy and theology that she's offering because most of us cannot afford counseling during these times. Um, Patrick Doyle, Patrick Weaver, um, different there's a, for the men, there's battle cry international, Megan Cox, her wings Academy, Leslie Vernick. These are all different people that are helping bring self-awareness and education to the body so we can get healthy again. So if one thing also that we do offer, I'm so sorry, but to, uh, we do offer paperwork for the tenants. Um, if there's people that have housing that they want to donate, we offer guidance for the hosting homeowners, or they can actually just donate the house to the ministries. Um, we offer paperwork for the tenants, lease agreements and arrangements. Um, and if the homeowner wants to manage it themselves, we can walk along your side and tell you things to, to watch out for, tell you things to enter into discussions. So that way everyone is taken care of in the midst of the healing process. If you would like more information, you can contact 
Stacy at Rather Be Farming at iCloud.com, or you could reach me at a modern day Samaritan woman at gmail.com. So that's all the time that we have for today. And I just want to say thank you so much, Stacy. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And sharing your story and having a chat with me about this really important topic. So without, Thank you for what you're doing, Laura Lee. You are so welcome. My pleasure. So with that, we are going to say shalom. Shalom.